Welcome to Isabel Wellman, the podcast with me, Isabel. I created this podcast because I strongly believe that living a healthy lifestyle is about equally nourishing your body, mind, and soul. It's not about enduring crippling decision fatigue or working yourself to death in a gym to establish the perfect body. You feel centered in who you are, energized all day, nourished from food, radiant in your skin, and enthusiastic about who and what you devote your time to each day. Living a healthy lifestyle is about learning how to come back to your center when you're emotionally triggered, knowing the value of saying yes to time-saving investments, and spending ample time outside so you feel completely satisfied when you lay your head on your pillow at night. You value choosing quality over quantity. You choose to understand your cyclical nature and accept yourself as an energetic being. It's time to take a deep belly breath and gear up for the ride of your life. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Isabel Wellman podcast the show that explores the magic of being human. And I'm Isabel, your host. If you're new today, we are going to be diving into the depths of astrology piece by piece, making it very pragmatic and very easy to digest. No one likes indigestion, and that is why I am presenting a seven-part astrology series to you today. And over the next seven weeks, We will uncover how astrology works and how we can make it practical in our material lives and world. These seven series are going to be deep diving into the signs, planets, houses, how to synthesize all three of those together, aspects which connect different signs and different planets to one another, the north node versus the south node, and the wounded healer, Chiron. These episodes will navigate the ins and outs of astrology and give it that practical approach so that you can use it for your success and internal integration, as well as exploration. Today, we'll start with the zodiac signs and their highs and lows, as well as two ways to embody or activate this energy. Before we dive into the signs, we have to go and embark on the history of astrology and how we can bring it into a more meaningful and approachable. Because I know y'all have seen a hundred astrology memes, and yes, they are hysterical and on point. However, when we make fun of different practices that are intangible, we cannot see, We are not in 2500 BC, so it's hard to say how and who and when and where and what created this, yet the why is also another aspect that's hard to answer. Why is it so relevant? Why does it feel like when we hear about this in a very Western way, it does apply to our day-to-day life? Well, we're going to dive into that And I will be speaking to the elements of each zodiac sign. So let's go on a journey. I was doing research and as I was diving in, I found a really cool article. I'm pretty sure this is from Germany. It is called the Freie University in Berlin. And this article I will link in the show notes. However, I'm going to read you a section of this article that goes into the depths of astrology and where and how and why it is and the people who are going in to dig deeper into when it came about. I'm going to jump down into a section of this article that the subtitle is called Science or Superstition. The article says, as head of the research project Zodiac, in quotations, Ancient Astral Science and Transformation in the newly established Institute, Historian of Science Professor Matthew Ossendiver will spend the next five years exploring the zodiacal turn which took place in ancient Babylon 
2,500 years ago, i.e. around 500 BCE. Matui Asendriver, I apologize if I am not saying your name correctly, is not only specialized in the history of ancient science and Assyriology, but he is also an astrophysicist. This is advantageous in that the Zodiac Project aims to deal with the birth of Babylonian astral science, i.e. horoscopy. Austin Driver points out that several elements had to come together in order for the Babylonians to be able to invent the zodiac signs and the horoscope. First, they had already observed and recorded the movements of the celestial bodies, the stars and planets, and recognized regularities and patterns in them. Second, the Babylonians went beyond mere empirical observation and developed various mathematical techniques and tools that enabled them to mathematically calculate and predict the orbits of the planets and stars. Austin Driver calls the mathematical turn, which was part of the zodiacal turn. This background casts light on the significance of the invention of the zodiac 2,500 years ago. On the basis of their observations and calculations, the Babylonians divided the sky into 12 areas, each of which was assigned a figure, a name, and a specific meaning. This became the zodiac with its 12 zodiac signs such as Aries, Gemini, Virgo, or Leo. Finally, the Babylonian astral signs created a body of knowledge that enabled them to assign meanings and context of meanings based on their calculations of what planets were where in the zodiac at which point in time. What actually is the zodiac that the Babylonians invented and that today still serves as the basis for horoscopes and magazines? Austin Driver says that is actually a band or a streak of sky that encompasses the area of a few degrees below and a few degrees above the apparent orbit of the sun and the apparent orbits of the moon and the planet. He says the zodiac is not visible to the eye. Rather, the Babylonians invented a mathematical construction, which they then divided into 12 parts of 30 degrees each. They named each section after the constellation most prominent in it. And I will, again, put this article in the show notes. I think that's really fascinating. Another piece that you can dive in as you read that article is you can go in and learn what Zodiac, which is actually what I'm understanding, is an actual section of this new institute in Berlin that is devoted to going back and uncovering what they can about when astrology began. In the beginning... There's the first paragraph, and that goes into the science or superstition, and you'll see a part that says, Zodiac, Ancient Astral Science and Transformation. And a little snippet from when you press on that link is astrology, astronomy, mathematics, religion, and philosophy. All these different aspects and their theories and practices, texts, and images meet in the concept of the Zodiac. 2,500 years ago, in the 5th century BCE, the introduction of the zodiac in Babylonia marked a turning point in human culture and science. The zodiacal turn was accompanied by a mathematical turn in the astral sciences and a person turn in astrology. From Babylonia, zodiacal astrological science spread to Egypt, the Greco-Roman world, and beyond. Then it continues to share more about different glyphs and how they are depicted. I find it so fascinating, obviously, why I am involved in astrology and why I want to dissect it into a smaller bite-sized bit for you today. A wonderful little quote before we move on is from Hippocrates, a physician without a knowledge of astrology has no right to call himself a physician. Thank you. Thank you again. Moving on, zodiac signs are not a planet. So when you go up and you tell someone, hey, I'm a Capricorn. Hey, I am a Leo. Yes. Good job. You called yourself an archetype, which is how I explain and see zodiac signs. Zodiac make up the 12 different signs. Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. Yet, they are not a planet, and they are not an actual 
point. They're, they're a constellation. They make up an entire star system, which is how we gather this large group of energy. Moving forward in that, the sun is a, a giant star. As we know, it's a giant blazing hot star in the sky. And when we're born, the sun happened to be sitting in that constellational group. So that is where we get sun was in whatever sign. And unconventionally, we refer this as our sun sign. And we make it the end all be all. Oh, I'm a Scorpio. Fuck. No, no, honey, we're gonna go back. Because that's a huge mental misunderstanding and catastrophe. Astrology is far beyond a meme, a joke, woo-woo. It is mathematical, pragmatic, and made out of the materialism of the sky. We would not be able to have this if our material selves could not observe the material stars and do these calculations and come up with this 30-degree wheel that from our human reference point on Earth we see, which is very fascinating to dive in further. There are 10 different planets. There are various points in the sky, such as your ascendant, which is also known as your rising sign. The opposite end of that, your descendant, your midheaven, north and south node. Those have their own meaning. Then you go into the elements. There's four elements. Fire, air, earth, and water. The elements show you what kind of energy you are made of. I've talked about it many times. I'm a fiery mamma jamma. I have six planets in fire. I got no planets in earth. (laughs) I have one in air and the two others in water. I believe that's what it is. I am very fiery. That is what I'll say. And that is okay. We all have different elemental makeups that make us who we are. We are either balanced. We either come into this life being really good at the abundant of energy, or maybe it's we're, we're out of balance and it's really chaotic. We don't know how to manage that fiery energy or whatever element it's abundant in. Or maybe we come in with no or one planet in a certain element, such as earth or air. It doesn't necessarily mean we're quote-unquote bad at embracing or embodying the qualities of earth or air. However, it could be an opportunity that maybe we are here to learn about it, just like if there's an abundance of it. Or... That if we have one, we're really good at it and we don't need any more of it. We're already rock solid. That is a really big conversation to bring into our hearts. I use astrology as a psychological therapeutic tool to go into our inner verse and understand what is happening within us as well as how we connect to the outside of us or the universe that we operate with. And when we know how to operate within ourselves, and then we can apply that to the outer verse, the universe, we are going to find a lot more harmony, a lot more ease, and a lot more happiness for the path that we are specifically on. The practice of astrology is a tool. And this tool, like I said, enables us to look deeper and it allows us to laugh at ourselves to love ourselves for our unique qualities, to surrender to traits that are quote-unquote embarrassing to us and learn how to love them. It invites us to align and trust our intuition. It allows us to understand how to live in union with other people. Whoa, whoa, that's a big deal. Learning how to live with other people, that is the point of this human experience, to connect, to love, to create, to collaborate. It is here to help us embrace the individuality of the self as we grow on earth and to consciously choose the best way for us to operate when we can. And of course, we all know karma and karma is not necessarily the devil or coming out to get you as Taylor Swift sings about. However, 
karma is here to show us the cycles that are very natural to us that we may be stuck in. And I've spoken on this before. A pattern in my life has been relationships. And (laughs) I laugh because it has been the funnest learning experiment of my life. Relationships with significant others, with myself, with family, with female business owners who happen to be my boss, power struggles, the whole nine yards. And this is going to be different for everyone. Mine happens to be in relationships. And my ascendant, what I'm rising into in this lifetime, what I am here to say yes to, to master, to make a decision on, is Libra. Balance, justice, partnership, equality, how we all come together, how I work with other people, so forth and so on. That's a little taste of that. I wanted to make that very apparent. As we go on, we'll start with the first zodiac sign, and then we'll name the element, what we see in that element, the planet that rules that sign or that archetype, and then the high road and the low road. Another reminder, everything I say is my interpretation and how I have studied from who I've studied under. My mentor and teacher has been Deborah Silverman. I love her a lot. She has been an, a psychologist. She has done a lot of studying under Alice Bailey and Carl Jung. And they have brought it from this big, mysterious, overwhelming level to a very practical, digestible level, which is the best way to do anything in this 3D world. We cannot change that we are 3D. We are here whether we like it or not. So let's learn how to love it. We will begin then with Aries, the archetype of the ram. And the element of Aries is fire. You will see that This repeats every fourth sign. There are three different signs that share the same element, and they all have similar qualities. So Aries, fire, the element of fire, it is change. It is creation, ambition. It is here to engage us in life, to have us pursue the things in life. Fiery people happen to be active, full of movement. We're the over extenders. If we are in a hectic moment, we're going to overdo it versus underdo it. This sign, Aries, is ruled by Mars, the masculine planet. A high road of Aries, and when I say high roads, I want to be more specific. High road for me, it is the way that perhaps is more uncomfortable for us to step into because it involves growth, it involves challenge, it involves doing what we have not done, it involves a path that is not easy. Easy can be seen as lazy or as comfortable or as effortless or we don't even notice how we're acting because it's natural to us. Low road isn't inherently bad. There's no good or bad in this world. It's all perspective. Yet, you know in your body, if you ask yourself, hmm, if I'm overeating, if I'm abusing drugs, if I'm drinking a handle of liquor a week, have a few problems we might be overdoing it we might be over engaging overreacting that is fire it is either way too much or not enough think of a real fire fires are hot and you can have a big flaming fire that really is only sustainable for so long unless you're constantly throwing wood and couches and things in this fire or you have the moment that's aha and then it comes down into a nice calm fire and that gets lower into a coal and ember moment where you can have the best marshmallow roasting opportunity and you get that perfectly brown marshmallow because it's not too intimidating that is how i like to see fire 
some high roads of Aries are unstoppable. They express energy to gain energy. This archetype has a contagious spirit. You want to get on the bus with these people and go where they're going because they are so confident and they have a sense of indestructibleness to them. The idea isn't just an idea. It is already a material thing that you're going to go conquer, do, and celebrate about after. It is an energy that doesn't back down without a fight or when the pressure is on. It's very scrappy. It is the first zodiac sign, so it is childish, but in the sense of it's curious and it wants to explore. It is very warrior-esque and virgin-esque. There's no place that is limited to these people. They will go anywhere and everywhere to explore the depths of this earth to figure out what hurts, what feels good, what gives them success, what gives them failure, what brings them happiness, what brings them sadness. It's this dichotomy. This is a very solo sign. This energy, this sign, this archetype, it is independent. It's very strong on its own. Think of a ram. They have big horns. They can protect themselves rather easily. They can make it out on their own. On the low road, this energy, this archetype can be irritable. It can smother its own innate desire to create by not believing in itself. It can be overly reactive. They experience a situation. This energy comes in and it butts heads and it breaks noses right out the gate. There's no five seconds to think about what is happening or how they want to act on the situation, person, place, thing. It can be very belittling to anyone who doesn't support their ideas. Very hasty, very, well, you're cut off. I don't like you. Goodbye. It can be cowardly. If if you're not moving the body, if this energy is not moving to gain more energy and it loses momentum, energy can be completely depleted. It will transfer to a new source and it will be hard to get it going. This Energy can also be afraid to speak up and to follow its own path on the low road. It's meant to lead, not to simply meander and succumb. That is the archetype of Aries. Next, there are many ways to embody these energies. I'm just giving you two per sign. Two ways to embody this. Think less, do more. You want to be in the Mars energy? Versus the Mercury energy. I'll end it at that. Second, leadership. Where can you be the one to take the first step in any situation? Maybe it's with someone that you're having a fight with. Can you be the first one to say, sorry, that's a high road of Aries. That archetype, knowing when to apologize for the overreaction. Can you have that low road moment, but go, ah, I'm going to make it feel good in my body again. It's a feeling, energy, use feelings to guide you. Where can you lead? Where can you take the first step? Where can you ask for help to make it where you want to go? Second archetype, Taurus. This is ruled by the earth element. Earth element is material. It's everything physical. The desk I'm sitting at, the bottle I drink out of, the bracelets on my wrist. It is roots going down into the earth, grounding. It's fertility, baby. It's rhythm. Rhythm of nature around us. Music. Vibrations. It is the sensations. This energy, Taurus, is ruled by the planet Venus. The feminine planet. And the high roads of Taurus are faithful believing deeply in their faith it's persistence and instead of just being persistent in the same pattern it's being persistent in investigating and being the detective wanting to go deeper and understand all right it didn't work that way what about this way oh it did work this way let's try this in a different direction it's simple 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 nature-orientated. 
endurance can go for very long spurts with sustainable support and energy. Humble, seeing the best of people, assuming the best of people. Natural manifester, when you live in your sensational body, this will naturally happen for you. It doesn't matter if you have an abundance or little amount of Taurus archetype energy in your chart. Once you get into the feeling, this is another feeling energy, you are going to get there. And it's about knowing how to experience what you want to happen in the now. This is the builder. Practical people. We are building things. Houses, relationships, families, how we have a career, a very secure financial environment. This has strong wealth management written all over it. Taurus has its money down to a T. Then peace with what is. Loss, birth, grief, acceptance, peace as you are. The low road of this energy could be self-consciousness, not believing that they are exactly what they are, which is this very loving, great, fertile, confident, abundant creature. This energy is so delicious. On the low road, it can be greedy, not believing that money is always going to come back to them or not giving out any of the abundance of money they've created, even in organizations that you strongly believe in and align values with. Be complicated. The opposite of simple is complicated. It can be way too extreme, way too stressed out, too many steps. No time outside, not giving your chance to be barefoot in nature. Comfort zone. It's okay to be comfortable. Taurus is that energy. It desires comfort, security. It's material, right? Yet there has to be that confidence to go out of the comfort zone to come back in and to continue to make your fence a little bit wider every time you come back. I just think of a house in the middle of a circle fence and every time you go out and you do something brave, you come back and you you give yourself a little bit more space to operate in. This energy is denying themselves on the low road of pleasure. Nope, I will not self-pleasure. I don't know this practice. I will not enjoy what I am harvesting, what I have grown. It is overeating, overindulging. The treats, right? Sensations. We like the good feeling things, but if it's too much, then that's when we can see disharmony in the body, in the mind, in the soul. This could be shopping or eating out as a distraction for internal problems because perhaps you're not a feeler, but you have high Taurus energy and you know that spending money makes you feel good because you're gaining and bringing in more material items into your world, yet less is more. Then out of tune with finances, not having structure or not having a grip on when payments are due, how much money is coming in, and then how much money is going out. Two ways to embody this is to take time to practice tuning in with your six senses. On episode 101 of the podcast, the last podcast, I walk you through three minutes of the five sensations meditation, and it is the easiest, loveliest in-the-moment meditation you can do if you're feeling overwhelmed. Then embodying loyalty. What can you show up to that requires attention, finesse, and your devotion in order to produce a fertile outcome? What could you do to show up in that way? Perhaps this is showing up for your body and this is treating your body healthily. A healthy body is a fertile body. It is going to produce good moods, good feelings, strength, confidence, positive assumption. It's going to be able to handle the hardships and any kind of chaos that comes your way. It's going to make you fertile. Disloyalty, backstabbing, not showing up when you say you will, breaking trust with others. This is going to deplete your fertility. It's going to take away opportunity, take away people from your circle and not give you the chance that you want. Moving on to 
the archetype of Gemini. Gemini is air, and air is all about ideas, attitudes, inspiration, what we cannot see, yet is our life force. Our breath is air. Isn't that funny? Our life force, we can't see it. We can be mentally conscious of it, but we do not need to be mentally conscious of it for it to happen. Just like ideas, attitudes, thoughts, conversations, how we get places, the little epiphanies that drop in. It's a very quick moment. Gemini, the energy or archetype is quick. And this is because it's ruled by Mercury, the planet that is quick which we'll talk about in the planet conversation. The high road of Gemini. It's intelligent, natural problem solver, multifaceted, and able to juggle a lot of different passions and thoughts and ideas and relationships. Perhaps it's conscious of the world around them, designing and engineering really efficient ways of operating constantly curious and wanting to figure out how things work and then how to make them better, how to get from one place to the next efficiently. This is all about communication and how you can be that expert in person and online. It is your realm of genius. This is a very mental energy. The low road of all of this is surface level interactions and interests. Just skimming the surface, not allowing yourself the time to go deeper. It's being the gossip king or queen. It is not trusting yourself in situations, thus relying on other people to guide you, which can be a really messy, messy road to go down. It can be reactive to others' opinions, not accepting, not feeling appreciated, bored easily talking without listening, getting caught up in the material world and not letting yourself envision exactly what you want and then creating what you want to see in the material world, heavily relying on what already is and getting mad when it doesn't work perfectly. It can be a little pretentious. Let's not lie here. It can have a little pretentious energy to it because I'm so witty. I'm so remarkable and smart. And Again, this is just the archetype of Gemini. So not all Geminis are these high roads or these low roads as with Taurus and Aries. These are just different ways that we could see the energy being used and is it to the best to the ability? It's up to you to answer that question. So what are two ways to embody this energy? First, it is network. Consider finding a mentor in a field you work in or someone who has what you want and who can help you get there. Who is someone that can warm you up? And by warm up, I mean, this is something that business leaders talk about. If you want to be a millionaire, yet you hang out with people who make less than $100,000 a year, you're probably not going to become a millionaire by hanging out with them. However, if you seek out groups where people are making 200, 300, 500 plus thousand dollars a year in various ways, and you learn from them and you interact with them and you ask them questions, they're going to warm you up. Like You're not going to cool them down to your level. You're, they're going to make you hotter. So that's the idea here. Example today, actually, I called my photography mentor, my dear friend, Jenny Renee, photography, go check her out. She does amazing work. And I asked her a lot of questions for my upcoming trip to Greece because I'm going to be the photographer for the retreat, for the convergence. And I want to be able to show up for all the women attending this convergence in the best way possible. Secondly, you could pause before speaking your idea, opinion, or thought. Yeah, so you could embody this with the five-second rule. And you can do this in all situations, to a partner, to a business friend, to a mentor, to yourself, and your own thoughts. And then see which side is made up. Because let's remember, Gemini energy is twin energy. There's the devil on the shoulder, and then the, the angel on the shoulder. 
Which side did you make up and is in totally nightmare dreamland, not real at all option? And then what's actually reality? Can you speak reality? I am sitting at this desk. I am completely fine, stable, alert, healthy, well, hydrated. I am not on fire, stressed out, overwhelmed, in a hectic, busy center. No. So that's a great one. Moving on to cancer. The energy of cancer is a water element. And water is responsive. It's reflective. It adapts to structure. Think of ice cubes. They're going to make ice cubes in a little tray or an icicle that hangs off of the roof or ice sculptures. You can design them to be how they are in cold temperatures. Or it can be a, f- a rushing, flowing river, bringing down debris and salmon and changing the riverbanks con- constantly. This energy, Cancer, is ruled by the moon aka emotions and the high road of cancer is aligning your feelings with how you act which is also speaking from the heart and being real this is that divine mother or feminine energy wild woman energy primal energy this is transparency with experiences your ability to cry your ability to have a relationship with your senses it observes a conscious moment to connect with your spirit and it's free-flowing love. It is harnessing that mother energy and having love for all the things that are being birthed, whether it's material or real. On the low road, cancer energy could suffocate how they feel to make other feel better. And if you suffocate yourself, You're not going to be able to feel anything. You can't cry. You're in distress. You can bottle up emotions. It could be closing off from other people. It's that crab pinching other people away, staying in the hard shell, not letting people see that tender, soft, gooey inside. It could be expecting others to predict how you feel or predict what's going on in your life or how you want to be treated or gifted or appreciated without ever communicating it. On the high road, it's very intuitive. I did not say that, but very intuitive. On the low road, you expect everyone else to be intuitive, yet you do not communicate it. And then a lack of trust in themselves or the world around them. I mean, the hermit is also cancer energy or archetype, and it's the home. It's it's staying in. It's very inclusive to the self it wants to let the people it loves in but it's very selective which is okay and it's also communicating regularly with these people because not everyone is perfect so what are two ways to embody this energy one activate your tears by watching a sad movie or listen to a friend's hardships or get in the water embrace what floating is and letting go to the world it's getting that experience of water in some way, shape, or form, either from within yourself or outside of yourself. Hint, if you have not cried in the last month, two months, three months, I highly recommend you choose the crying path. You might be numb, which is frozen ice. Your feelings are frozen. That was me when I first started learning about all of this. Changed my life. If you're a big crier, It's easy for you to cry. How about you just go float in some water and learn how to let go of the emotions and learn how to give them the time and space, not let them overwhelm you or dictate your life. Secondly, you can mother thyself, massage yourself, run a bath, drink some hot tea, and really reminisce in that cup of tea, set an intention, talk with your spirit, talk out loud what you wish from the universe. This is, water energy is very close to the veil. It it perpetrates. It's very easily like osmosis. It goes in and it goes out. Just like blood from the veins to the capillaries to the heart and organs. It walks through walls. That's what I see. Give yourself the time and space for self-love. Fifth, 
we have Leo. This is the fire change, creation, ambition, engagement. Fire is that alchemy. Fire is what gets us going. Fire is going to hit us and we're going to go and we're going to really quickly bring our hand back because it hurt. Ah, that shocked me. Oh my goodness. Fire is here to warm us, to make us feel radiant, delicious. Leo, fire, ruled by the sun. High road of Leo can embrace the spotlight. You can go in and crush it. You're confident. You have the charisma. This energy is playful. It is unlocking creativity by not judging what comes up, but by letting it flow out and seeing what you can continue to construct of it. It is honestly loving and being that natural born leader. It is the underdog, like supporting the people who do not have the equality of speaking and being heard. It's coming in and giving them a spokesperson to speak for them. This is receiving feedback without judgment, excuse me, receiving constructive feedback without snapping or crying or going into a spiral of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I need external validation. It's inspiring energy. These kind of energies and, and archetypes, they, they help us see, oh yeah, reminder, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is why I want to make an impact in women's health or men's health or in politics or in astrology, whatever you do. It's uplifting and speaks on behalf of those who can't, like I said. It's knowing the time and place to say, do, and be the spotlight things. Being a child, it's knowing maturity and the childness. On the low road, the Leo energy can take things way too personally. It can be pessimistic, seeking outside validation in replacement of their own internal belief system. It's living to people please. Hasn't really learned how to react appropriately to situations, afraid to use their voice, or speak their truth, to be honest, to be authentic. It is setting unrealistic expectations, thinking you can make it to 17 appointments in one day when really you can't. It might be neglecting movement. It's neglecting creative flow. Could be dance, could be yoga, but some sort of spiritual practice that gets you in your body and out of your head where you can move energy in a really beautiful way. Those would be those low and high roads for Leo. Two ways to embody this. One, be seen for what you're passionate about. Share your heart. People do not connect with those who just slap a happy face sticker on everything. I promise you. People, you and I, we want to connect with other people who have gone through really hard things, who have similar emotional hardships in their life because when we see that we're not alone we feel better and that's really big leo energy is to bring people together and show them that we can all be a family no matter where we come from and this is also a very big loyal family's energy high road you are actively finding new ways to corral the family and secondly, take more space, period. Everything you do, say, think, behave at work. Why not you for the promotion? Why not you to be the CEO? Why not you to share the idea or to lead the group or to tell the person, hey, that was actually really unkind and I don't appreciate it. If you want to speak to me or if I'm around, I would rather you not speak that way. It's having balls. Next, we have Virgo. We are halfway there, folks. Do a little stretch. Virgo, earth energy, material, roots, fertility, structure, money. It is purity. That's Virgo. High road of this. Energy is balance. Structure to life. Having some organization can receive compliments and allow them to sink into their skin, into their nervous system. Making everything efficient, of course, as a Virgo energy archetype does. 
and allowing themselves to not overwork themselves. It's high road as plant gurus connecting with plants, trees, whether they're in your house or outside, you go on nature walks and you connect with the plants and the animals and nature in general. You talk to the plants, listen to the book, The Secret Life of Plants, beautiful. Clean spaces, a clean space is a very productive space and can be a very healthy space to live in. Considering others' ideas, other way of doing things outside of the box, thinking, and nutrients. It's nurture. It is the archetype of the virgin. It's bringing a new creation forward. It's very much a a motherly fertile in the sense of womb energy. High Road, you take the time to understand that taking care of thyself, loving thyself, is a crucial part to making everything else seamless in life. Bravery cannot be met without fear. There's always fear in a brave moment, and that's vulnerability. That's a really high road of Virgo, is to be vulnerable and real and ask for what they want and receive without fighting it, knowing they are allowed to receive it. Low road tries to control the outcome of external situations, never gives themselves credit for anything, biggest critic in the room, especially of themselves. Perhaps you wouldn't talk to so-and-so like, oh my God, you're such a loser, but you talk to yourself that way, not cool. And if you do talk to other people that way, super not cool. Reel that right in. Overanalyzes each situation, overthinks, doesn't see what's really there, makes up stories, facades to go on and, and ride, which impact your nervous system in a negative way. It's never being satisfied with what is having to nitpick. Tough to ask for help either. It's tough to ask you, the Virgo archetype, for help, or it is you, the Virgo archetype, asking for help. Home is a mess. Perfectionist. Two ways to embody Virgo energy food or juice cleanse, purifying your internal system so that you can give outward positive energy, nurturing energy. Second, healthy balance of work and play. Let's remember the opposite of work is not play. It's depression. Moving on to Libra. Libra, we have air. Air. Like we spoke on earlier with Gemini, it is ideas, attitudes, inspiration, and aesthetics in the Libra world. This is another archetype ruled by Venus. And the high road is admits that they enjoy aesthetics, things looking nice. Perhaps you have it in a certain house of your chart, which we'll get into, but you'll make that area of your life aesthetically pleasing. Or if it's your ascendant, your body is Maybe it's balanced, proportional, physically appealing to look at. Ruled by Venus. Venus is beauty. High Road is also a scientist. Smart. Dissecting things. Exploring. Experimenting. Want to hypothesize. Want to find what's what's the nitty-gritty truth. Born artist. Charming. Not afraid to debate. Healthy debating is good. Question all, all oppositions relationship master you've either said yes to love or you've said no to love and you're choosing a path of love with yourself knowing that relationships with yourself come before others understanding the importance of justice and equality really having a knack for seeing the morally higher good of life and in people assuming the best of people it's also being able to make decisions that's high road Being able to see if I devote time to X, I will get X, and then I will be able to move on to Z. Low road, hopeless romantic, no boundaries with thyself, sacrifices needs to make another comfortable. You don't ask your friend for a blanket at the sleepover, even though you're freezing. That's an example. Hard to be, quote unquote, them. Hard to be a Libra's own self versus someone else because of this chameleon energy, really easy to shapeshift, inauthentic because of this people-pleasing mechanism that is protective. It's not trusting people. 
is this afraid to put themselves first energy and unhealthy in relationships. Perhaps avoidant or ancient attachments. Maybe not knowing what's true and what's fake or blaming everyone else for your problems. Not taking on responsibility. Really big damsel in distress energy. So two ways to embody this. Choose one thing and follow it through for 90 days. Avoid getting railed by FOMO. Secondly, choose to update your wardrobe. Have some fun. Give it all to a thrift store and then thrift some new clothes. What's more fun than that? We go on to Scorpio, number eight. Four more. This is water. Like we said, water is very easily adaptable. It's reflective. It shows us the people we interact with with life. They give us a mirror back to ourselves. This is deep, intuitive, spiritual. Scorpio is ruled by Pluto and Mars. High Road shares your experiences with others so that they can learn. Vulnerable. Bravery and fear come together, boom, vulnerability. Invests with integrity and the long game in mind, with wellness of the world and yourself in mind. Passionate without apologizing for being passionate. This is the all-in or all-out energy. You're going to give it your all. You're going to say, nope, that's not for me. Let someone else do that job. Let someone else have that experience. Let someone else be with that person. Seeking a healthy thrill natural entrepreneur, has a healthy relationship with indulging, advocates for the dark human experiences to be exposed, like child trafficking, abuse, racism, slaughter of animals, and embracing sexuality, having a sexual practice, being there for sexual topics and tantric topics, low road, secretive, insensitive to other people, closed off, unequal in partnership, getting but not giving back, controlling, over-controlling, out of fear, addictions, denies the voodoo topics, the woo-woo in life, denies natural desires, that freaky shit, you know? Isolates themselves and lacks responsibility, dumps it on other people, is very reserved in what they share. doesn't matter how well you think you know another person or they know you. There's always more under the surface that's being held back. You can embody this energy by choosing courage instead of cowardice. Instead of hiding your secrets from the world, go on and share them so that other people can connect with you and that to see that human connection is a really beautiful thing. Sure, it might be easier to talk to dead people in the other realms of the world, but being here in real life is so much fun. And Scorpio energy is probably the hardest energy to embrace, embody, and work with. It's all about the fucking worst things in life. Rape, abuse, death. This is the dark side. Another way to embody this, though, is to have a sexual practice with yourself, a sexual pleasure practice, and learning what that is, learning what you feel safe with, and beginning to explore so you can cultivate safety in yourself so you feel safe sharing with other people. Ninth, Sagittarius, fire, change, creation, ambition, engagement, alchemy, all of the fire elements. This zodiac archetype is ruled by Jupiter, and the high road of Sag is an optimist, always being able to laugh at what's coming, craving the thirst to learn, as well as to share their knowledge and integrate their knowledge, exploring other cultures, questioning everything, open to new perspectives, while maintaining their own perspective 
as a baseline, being open to change it by having a baseline to come back to if it's not meeting a, a standard that you have. It is this balance of pleasure and work because you have to be able to play to avoid the deep low end of depression and open to spirituality, open to exploring and navigating what's above as what is below. Then Loro believes, quote unquote, it's too good to be true. I have to let it go. It won't last. Not being able to savor the present moment, overeats or overdrinks, whatever it may be, to mask emotional body. Only opinion that is true is theirs and nothing else is true or they attack you for questioning that opinion. This energy could be low road for not believing in a higher power, for not having a greater faith. Getting stuck in the mundane routine that's the same monotonous damn thing and it's so boring and makes you just want to peel your skin back. Afraid to share their knowledge. You feel an imposter syndrome. It could be low road. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I don't know enough. And then having to validate with yourself with another certification, although you have 20 and you don't need another one to show that you are good at this. It's not wearing the pants, so to say. Two ways to embody this is travel and defining or understanding what's your version of travel that is pleasurable. It's not the same for everyone, people. And then teacher student, what role are you more comfortable in? I challenge you and invite you to go in the opposite direction. How can you be the student or be the teacher? Can you teach a class? Can you teach a course? Can you invite people in for a live demonstration? Can you lead the presentation at work? Can you ask for more responsibility? Bada bing, bada boom. We're almost there. Capricorn. Capricorn, earth, material, roots. This is the goat. This is very real father energy. Ruled by Saturn, high road. Capricorn archetype understands the balance of work and life and asks for help, lets other people in. Born thought leaders, you have an invention, you have a vision, it's going to come to life. You're a materialist. Successful, naturally. It may take some time. It may take after 30, but it will come. Easy to accomplish goals, embraces responsibilities, welcomes responsibility, is alert to responding, responding to opportunity. Driven, allows themselves to connect with other people, with their hearts, and not just their brains or their private parts. Isn't that funny? And it's also allowing yourself to be athletic, <clears throat> allowing that same kind of Scorpio all-in, all-out mentality. Low road, workaholic, highly stressed, burned out, angry at the world, resentful, deceiving. You could look promising on the outside, but really shady on the inside. Harsh when giving feedback or responding to anyone's input, unhealthy habits, smoking to keep the energy going throughout the night because you're working on another document and you can't go to sleep because sleep is for the weak. False. Difficulty managing money, gaining wealth, having investments, trusting in the process, letting other people in, and managing your own money. Difficult to make change. So stubborn and stuck. I have to stay the same. This is what we do. Every Christmas, we do this. We cannot do anything different, even when everyone else wants to have a new experience. You can cut yourself off from your own emotions, which is cutting yourself off from achieving more in this life. Two ways to embody this. Try joining a sports team. Is there a local team that you can go and have fun with and get that side of you out that wants to have fun, be successful at whatever sport you're good at? The second way to embody Capricorn, because what is half goat and half fish, creature, mermaid, can you open your heart to someone and share what you're afraid of in business, what you're afraid of as a leader? Can you dare to lead in this very 
tumultuous and emotional way. Can you share your heart and share, I'm not certain about this. I am worried about this. And this is who I'm going to look for help, for advice, for mentorship. Moving on to Aquarius. Aquarius is air. It is ruled by Uranus and Saturn. High road of Uranus challenges the narrative. Freaky, eccentric, quirky, humanitarian, here for the collective. Enjoys the outer-worldly concepts that we all question without ever receiving an answer. Technology genius laughs at themselves for how funny and quirky and eccentric they are. Friendships, they honor friendships. They work at friendships. They maintain and help friendships thrive. Balance, freedom, and reality. Inventions. And utilizes meditation to bring them back to earth. This is a very astrology-equipped, tarot-equipped sign. On the low road, it's afraid to be themselves, afraid to be yourself. Tries to follow the crowd and fit into a box. Denies their talents. Oh, I'm not good at that. Let so-and-so do it. I'll just stick to the admin work and bleed out of my eyes. High stress levels because they're not allowing themselves to work in a way that feels best for them and with a group of people that supports them and how they work. Might not feel accepted on earth and wants to find a way out of this life and always has to be right. Very, again, pretentious energy. It's my way or the highway. And that's the low road. Two ways you can embody this. One, What role are you playing in your community, whether that's in your friends or in your larger actual city, town, community? Prioritize the friendships and create real connection. Go out and do local work or meet with advisors in your committee. Become a board member of something you're really passionate about. Secondly, nervous system regulation practice. Can you remain calm in the storm while healthy releasing Rage? Can you release your rage in a way that feels good? Boxing, running. People often see Aquarius as an air sign, but it's the water bearer archetype symbol. You carry the emotions. And if you do not empty the vessel, one shoulder is going to get really strong and then injured, and the other side of you is going to crumble. This is imbalance. Last but not least, Pisces. Water ruled by Neptune and Jupiter. High road, liberated through artistic expression, values spirituality and applies it, believes in their own worth, has boundaries, is a medicine woman or man or unidentified, can set boundaries with other people in situations, understands that there's a difference between external validation and boundaries. Note, Tears are healing, group facilitator on very healing journeys, intuitive, initiative, selfless, goes at their own pace and honors alone time, honors that they need to reboot and have away time that maybe they're not here to work 10 hours a day, but three to four really good hours in the day. Low road, disconnected from creating, from art, does not protect their energy field. And it's sloppy. You got people getting into your bank account, your other techie accounts, people stealing from your car. Things are a mess. Loses themselves in drugs and alcohol to get away from this world because you rather be a spirit than in a body. Struggle with focusing on what you want to achieve with focus at all for seeing what you have in front of you. Confrontation is unable to have difficult, challenging experiences and see them as a gift, challenge to learn in a group, easily offended, and often sidetracked. Two ways you can embody Pisces energy is to have a healthy, balanced spiritual practice when you rise, to and then stick to it. Allow yourself to reactivate your intuition through this practice. That does not have to be an hour. It could be 10 minutes. Or... Get out a paintbrush, some markers, a pencil, 
whatever canvas you want, your body, photography, see where you are an artist in your life. Create what you see in your mind as something with your hands. Make it very watery and flowy and then bring it into the physical. That, my friend, that is the 12 archetypes of the Zodiac. And maybe you go, okay, well, my my sun sign is Leo. Well, maybe I don't feel like a Leo. Why not? A few reasons why you might not resonate with your sun sign is there's opposing energy in your own natal birth chart. Like I said in the beginning, you are not only the one sign. You are a multitude of 10 different energies and then various other points. That can really shake things up. Your system operating procedures may be vastly different from someone born on on the same day as you because of where different planets are moving at different times and at different speeds. You also may have an abundance of energy somewhere else in your chart, what is called a stellium, we will get to on the day we talk about aspects, that completely steals the show from the sun sign, which can be a blessing. The final thing I want to mention is that you probably noticed some of these signs or archetypes shared similar characteristics. Some reasons for that are if you look at the zodiac from beginning to end, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Aries is going to overlap just a little bit with Taurus, and then Taurus is going to overlap just a little bit with Gemini, and that cycle goes on all the way through. Another way you may notice characteristics being similar is in the modes. And we will talk about this in a different episode, but there are four different signs in a mode. And you have one of each element in each mode. There is the cardinal mode, the fixed mode, and the mutable mode. Cardinal signs are the signs that kick off every season, which are Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. The fixed signs are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius. And then the mutable signs are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. And that's it. You guys, we did it. Good job. Today we covered the history of astrology, the 12 different zodiac signs, archetypes, and how to embody them in your life whether you want to bring it more into your life or you recognize hmm i might be operating more on the low road let's take the high road if you enjoyed this astrology part one series be sure to stay tuned part two will come out next week i'm super excited about this thank you so much share with your friends your family your love thank you so much for listening to today's episode I say that with a ton of reverence for your time and your energy and for allowing this show to be a part of your day. That is meaningful. Please consider leaving a five-star review, following along on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out the video version on YouTube and come hang out with me on threads. We are making an impact together every single day that we stand up and we share, we learn, and we thrive.